Ooh, this is Loser Leaves Wrestling. Loser Leaves Wrestling. It's uh, a new show where Red and Roy will review uh, wrestling things, right? Yeah, whatever the heck we want. Wow, what a time we're having. Thank yeah. you so much for joining Loser Leaves Wrestling. We're already having fun. I was oh, trying to yeah. think of a fun name for this. Like, you know, it's like this is our Saturday night's main event, you know? Like, it comes around every once in a while, but like Thursday Night Titan, I don't know. Okay, I like that. No. Thursday Night Titan? No. Thursday Night Titan? <laughs> Here we go! Heard <laughs> <laughs> fun already. Uh, thank you all so much. My name is Red Jefferson. I'm here with Roy Hammer. Uh, and we're doing a different show today. We're doing a different, different show. show. Um, this is going to be a review of WWE Evil Episode 1. Episode 1. Hollywood Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah, we already regret it. We're already... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, one thing uh, we were, I guess we're going to talk about... Um, we do. We did just watch uh, some of Joey Janela's Spring Break. Yeah, we did. Um, this is WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, this is WrestleMania weekend. It's Thursday, March thirty first. As we speak, um, Joey Janela Spring Break Part One is wrapping up. And if you've ever listened to our show before, you know that Red mostly is indifferent towards GCW. Would you say that's fair? That you're indifferent. Um. Yeah, indifference. Indifferent, but. When X-Pac's involved, you're on board. I'm on board. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot to talk about with that. Um, uh, but one thing, uh, if you want, like, I hope you're enjoying this podcast exclusive. If you'd like to see the video of this, yeah. check out our Patreon, uh, Loser Leaves Wrestling. Uh, on Patreon, is that it? That's right. Yeah. Patreon.com slash Loser Leaves Wrestling. Thank you all so much. Uh, and thank you to our patrons already. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's talk about Joey Janela. I only saw one match. Yeah, yeah, right, right. I, right. I, I only saw one match. I jumped in because you said you have to see this. You got to watch uh, that match. Got to watch the match. So it's Joey Janela versus X Pac. Before we get there, did you watch the whole thing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was cleaning my apartment as a lot of it was happening, so I wasn't paying too deep of attention. I really enjoyed um, Ali Catch versus Mickey James. I enjoyed okay. that. There was a few callbacks to the Trish Stratus Mickey James feud of 2006 Fun. or 2004, I think. Uh, that was nice. That was a good time. Um, the opening match was the Briscoes versus Mance Warner and his tag team partner, uh, Matthew right. Justice. Yeah. And then Nick Gage. And it's supposed to be Matt Tremont, but Matt Tremont couldn't be there. So it was just Nick Gage. And then this other guy showed up later. And, uh, you know, the, Only the Patreon people could see me rolling <laughs> yeah. my eyes, <laughs> but at the end of the day, the Briscoes won the match, which is what's important. Uh, what's important. Briscoes, the Briscoes are going to have themselves a weekend. My friend, I'm excited for the Briscoes. Very, very excited for that. But then we get to the X-Pac versus, uh, Joey Janela match. Uh, X-Pac comes out and you know what I noticed immediately? What? This crowd is dead. They are exhausted. Yeah. They are exhausted from this night. Whatever happened throughout the beforehand, this match suffered for it. Interesting. Uh, the X-Pac comes out. Uh, X-Pac comes out. Still looks good. He looks, looks, looks better good. in this match he than he good. did in his first match. I think, like, physically. Like, I think he had, like, maybe a little bit of, like, a little yeah. paunchy paunch, but now he's, like, even even but trimmer than he was before. Love seeing him double uh, jump right up to the ring steps and everything. Joey Janela comes out. I like, I really like Joey Janela's attitude and yeah. his personality. Yeah. 
Oh no. I don't think I like this match at all. <laughs> this match had a, was very presumptuous. It was a very presumptuous match. They they planned this match thinking they're going to eat up every second of it and we're going to do it this way mm. whether they're into it or not. Yeah. And this is the planned match. It didn't feel like an Xbox match. Mm-hmm. Uh it, it felt like like just a few notes here. I have a yeah. few notes for you. Please, please. Slow. <clears throat> it was slow in plotting. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Xbox sold too much for Joey Janela in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's bigger mm-hmm. than Joey Janela, and he was selling way too much for him. Interesting. Well, selling way too much. Uh, and also, but this match is kind of an example of why I have a problem with GC. Okay. My problem is they don't know how to. <laughs> they do not know how to match place they uh they do not know how to uh produce yeah uh, the, the issue is that this night is like gcw is like porn it's like porn all the time <laughs> and you're getting all the things you want from porn but you're like i just want to watch something else for a little bit right. variety everything is the same until it isn't and then it's jarring the thing is, like, you're so much action, so much jumping, so much all this. Every match acts like their own main event. Every match acts like it's their own main event, and they treat it that way, having it be long and doing anything they want to do. Yeah. So the matches later get affected by it. This match, with the card that they had, should have been the first match of the night. It should have been. I agree with that. I agree. I will say, in GCW's defense... From a scheduling standpoint, the Briscoes match was first because the Briscoes literally had to go and wrestle another match on a different show. So they had to put that match first. But I agree that like that mat- this match would have been better served opening the show. And imagine an, such an explosive opener. Like they, they would have wrestled this match differently. There would have been more urgency to it. It would have Instead been a different first, match. Instead of first, it just should have been third then. Uh, it, just, like, it, it, mm-hmm. it, it just was not done any favors. Uh, and also, cut down on your match times. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, have strict rules. Like, I, I, the thing is, like, this is, let it be a show. I, one of what I was thinking, I was watching this, and I was just like, if I were a booker, and I know this is how booking should be, your main, your main event is the show. Right. The main event is the show, and everything should build to that. Everything yep. should, it's almost like, I'm paying to go see the Foo Fighters, right? Mm-hmm. Paying to go see the Foo Fighters, and they may have two local bands on beforehand. Yeah. Are they each going to give two-hour sets? Right, right. They're doing 30 minutes, and they're out. They're doing 30 minutes, and they're out. 30 yeah. minutes, and they're out. And they're different. They're not the, what Foo Fighters is. They're not going to have no. someone better going on before. Right. Imagine you have this fucking band that just fucking rips up apart, and then Foo <laughs> Fighters comes out, they're older, and they're like, hey, nice. You know, you can't do that. You have to build. Yeah. They just and they zap all the energy out of the room, and maybe it's okay for the live audience because you have the energy there, but that does not show well on a screen. GCW mm-hmm. 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 never looks good on the screen ever, and by the end of the night, we're exhausted because we get it from the fans. We hear their exhaustion, <laughs> and then it reminds us of like, oh, this is why I don't want to go to a wrestling shows. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you were there. You had like I okay. So we've each inside of the last three months, each of us have been to a GCW show. I had a really good time and felt like the show went was paced really well. However, 
it was in comparison to the show that you went to a smaller show is that a smaller arena it was a newer market like they're not they don't really run dallas a lot but where you went you went to that ukrainian center and they love that venue they run that ukrainian venue culture center. yeah the culture center they run that venue all the time and they get bigger names on those shows did you feel that exhaustion by the end i remember watching that show that you went to I watched it at home and did fall asleep by the end. <laughs> to, honestly, honest. it, was, it wasn't too bad. Honestly, it was okay. under three hours, uh, which is what I look for with these shows. If they're oh, honestly, I'd rather be just two, two hours. I don't think it should be three. Yeah. I don't think any show should ever go past two hours. But if they're gonna do it, never more than three. Any independent never. wrestling show or any wrestling show period, like a pay per view, can any go over three show hours. Ever, ever. Should go over three hours or over two hours? Never go over three. Never go over three. Three is the absolute max. If you get the three hours and 15 minutes, you're fired. (laughs) (laughs) You are fired from this promotion. And you feel Uh, that way about these AEW pay per views that go four hours? Interesting. Even even though it's only once a quarter, four times a year, they go four hours. If it's over four hours, it's not like it's not. It's it's abusing the audience at that point. They're going to stick around because they paid for this and they want to see the main event. They came here for this show, but you're abusing the audience and you're hurting the main event. Well, get ready, pal, because we're going to be watching eight hours of WrestleMania this weekend. I'm miserable. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing that I did want to touch on, because you bring up an interesting... <laughs> You bring Did up you an just hear that? Point. Was there a delay? No, I heard it. I heard okay. it. <laughs> uh, one thing that I want to bring up, uh, just because I think it's interesting to our, our listeners out there, my belief is that um, every independent wrestling promotion, not just GCW, but every independent wrestling promotion wants to be Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Because Pro Wrestling Gorilla perfected this style where you know there's six or seven matches on the card the show's about three hours and all the matches are long filled with huge high spots and it's just crazy non-stop action all the way through however what every independent promotion doesn't understand is that two things one pwg is literally getting the best possible wrestlers that are available from all over the world to come in so like it's and no disrespect to like jordan oliver who's a good wrestler, but Jordan Oliver isn't like Malachi Black or Phoenix or all of these people that would wrestle for this company. That's one. And two, the PWG style of a show works so well because that there's just something about that building. That's I know that they've moved to the venue. They moved to like a theater now somewhere in LA. But before that, they were in Reseda and they were at like a VFW hall and just the atmosphere in that building was electric and it was like the ECW arena. And I, that's I, I, what made that work. That doesn't I, happen in I, GCW as much. And But the thing is like, it's just the issue also, no indie show. Like, even though like, you know, like uh, some people really love their shows and I get it. I get the energy. Being I there like live that. is different. Yeah. Being there live is different, but it never translates on TV. Mm-hmm. It never when translates done, on TV. When it's booked like an indie match, when yeah. it's booked like an indie night, it's, it's like where everyone's getting all the time they've ever wanted in the world and then some. <laughs> and they're able to do everything they want. It doesn't translate well on TV. Yeah. It look because you're watching something, the same thing over and over without that energy. You're yeah. not there. 
it says something about PWG as well, and it makes so much sense because I'm sure a lot of people have always wondered why don't PWG why don't they do live shows? Because all they do a live show and then it only goes to DVD. It doesn't stream. They've never done a single show that's live streamed ever, and I think maybe I mean there's probably a lot of reasons for that. But one of the reasons is that they are able to mix the audio later so you can really hear the crowd. And when you're watching it at home, you can hear the crowd. You can hear the crowd screaming at the wrestlers like you're there. You're really yeah. part of the experience even from your living they room. They produce it. Yeah. They but fucking these, produce it. These live streamed shows that GCW does or any indie does. I mean we're picking on GCW, but a lot of the – mixing the sound is really, really difficult for all of these promotions to do. And it really kind of gets you checked out of things pretty quickly. So, uh, uh, GCW, I hope you're listening to this. Yeah. Uh, Brett Lauderdale. Brett Lauderdale. Um, but we're here for a different reason. Well, wait, before before we move on, just real quick. Did you like Joey Janela's Razor Ramon uh, I didn't, tights? I didn't even talk about the, the, the things that I hated about it. Uh, <laughs> I did I did like the Razor Ramon yeah. tights because that's good heat. Everything yeah. up until the bell rang, I was into. Yeah. Besides the dead crowd. But then the match, like, it just felt like they were all doing that stuff. It also, Joey Janela, someone needs to have a talk. Because I think like, yeah, it you know, needs to be Alex Merkin. Our friend like, Alex Merkin needs to sit down. Honestly, with him. No, he should. Because the thing is, like, he has a, I love his personality and I love his gimmick. I love that whole spiel. But he's not a very smart wrestler. Mm. Not a very smart wrestler at all. He makes a lot of mistakes that are dumb. A lot of things look bad. Like his his punches and kicks kind of look like shit most of the time. Mm. Um, and uh, he, he like there's things that he just doesn't. He, there was a part where his X-Pac pinned him. Right, X-Pac went for a pin. And his foot was underneath the rope. Just happened to be there. It wasn't trying yeah. to be. It was foot was underneath the rope. And the rest like, I can't count. I can't count. The foot's under the rope. And Xbox didn't understand or didn't hear. And then Joey Janelle moved his own foot. Oh, I don't like that. I he don't like moved that. his own foot. And I was just like, what? Like, I, I don't know. I yeah, don't. that I'm not but a fan of. It's a lot of that. But then the ending. Uh, the, also, unprotected chair shots. Another issue. Mm. Do not like that. Yeah. Um, Xbox should know better. Unprotected chair shot to Joey Janelle. You remember what they chanted? What did they chant? I didn't hear their chant. CTE. Oh. CTE. Ew. They started Crowds. chanting CTE. Hmm. And uh, uh, the, uh, no, but I actually honestly liked that. I'm just like, yes. Yeah. Well, don't. That is the yeah. problem. <laughs> I'm saying like, as a wrestler, don't do something that's going to cause the crowd to chant CTE. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And uh, then the ending is uh, Joey Janelle goes for a hug. And then Xbox just like, what is this? And they low blow <laughs> yeah. and then super kick. Yeah. And honestly, one when I realized this, what bothers me about this. Yeah. They did the same shit. Like this booking of this match, like it should have been on first because then I think this match would have worked. Yeah. Uh, they would have gotten into it. They would have understood. It would have been a little snappier. Yep. Uh, but uh, they did the same thing to Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett was uh, placed in the match with uh, Effie right. uh, towards the end of the card. Mm -hmm. After they seen everything in it, that should have started the night. Jeff Jarrett versus Effie should have started that night. Yeah. CCW. Yeah. And then him whipping him the whole deal. That would have been fine. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did. agree. I will also say, um, just in case um, you, you missed it, which you, you did, because I think you only watched this match. Um, there was a promo that played Jeff Jarrett's coming back. Is it? He was there was this promo of him walking to his truck and you weren't sure if it was him but you kind of saw the blonde hair and he had a my world sweatshirt on and uh, he got into his car he put the keys in the ignition and he looked in his rearview mirror and standing behind the car was the like what what did he call himself the lone ranger the last, last evil outlaw? man yeah was like was standing behind the car was him 
as the last outlaw. And he was like, what's that? You know, and then he got out of the car and he kind of looked around, but nothing was there. So. (laughs) (laughs) We're having fun. Yeah. Uh, But uh, we'll find out what's happening with that. We have to get talking with the main part of this. We got to start talking about it. We already got to start talking about it. All right, so WWE and Peacock, a joint venture, uh, have created a show called WWE Evil, which highlights uh, specific big heels in wrestling history or WWE's suggested wrestling <laughs> history. Um, today, they're highlighting Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Uh, uh, first off, what do you think of the series, the idea of the series? I think it's okay. I think it, in theory, it's a good, it's a good idea. It's a good it, idea. I think it's a good idea in theory. Um, but when you but do an episode ha- about The Miz, I'm out. <laughs> we're going to talk about it. But so far, they're talking about Hollywood Hulk Hogan. And I guess John Cena is the narrator for all these. Right. You know, the greatest heel in history. Um, <laughs> he's literally the most available celebrity. Right. <laughs> like That's yeah. what he is. The most yeah. available guy. Um, and they basically go through Hulk Hogan's career. Talking about the before times, his babyface deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 80s. And there was no one bigger than Hulk Hogan, right? Yeah, I mean that's that's undisputed. That's undisputed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, very popular. He was an all-American guy for years. Uh, I tried to think that there that there were wrestlers more popular than Hulk Hogan in the '80s. For years, I tried to convince myself of that, but ultimately, it's just not true. Like you remember when we got in that argument about the British Bulldogs? I I believed that the Rock and Roll Express are a more popular tag team than the British Bulldogs, and yeah. Yeah, and I we asked a friend of ours who's no longer our friend, uh, who was more popular, and he was like, "Oh, it's definitely the British Bulldogs, but, but I wish it was the Rock and Roll Express." And then hopefully I, that guy is, you know, I can't wait to find out who this guy is. Well, I, I mean, we got into we got into that argument at a wrestling show, so. Oh sure, sure, sure. Yeah, sure. yeah. Okay, fair. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> uh, Hulk Hogan's all over the place. He was on SNL. Never saw that. Uh, I, it's Mr. good. T, you it's, saw that? It was fun. Him, him, and Mr. T on SNL, very good. Yeah, I have to check that out. Actually, that yeah. sounds great. Uh, he's on the cover of Sports Illustrated. I have a on- copy of that Sports Illustrated framed hanging in my bathroom. Really? Yeah, it was given to me as a going away present when I moved from Boston to Austin. Why now? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so it's a pretty big deal, and he also has got this, uh, you know, very American thing, you know, yeah. against Sergeant Slaughter right. and Iron Sheik, and he's yeah, fighting it was all weird the that evil they brought that guys. up. But they didn't bring uh, up Ultimate Warrior. I guess they were trying. I don't know why they were because yeah, or he's Macho not a, Man. Uh, because it's uh, yeah, they don't. I don't know why. Actually, yeah, that's a good point. Um, but yeah. there's a lot of things that they. I'm gonna turn this off. I thought that was a sound effect. No, I wish. Um, so then the audience starts turning on him, right? They blame it on grunge music. They blame <laughs> this yeah. uh, WB Evil's rendition is just like with all gr- Jimmy Hart's just like all oh, this grunge music. Everyone's just being all a dummy. They're just hating on the heroes. Yeah. I love that it was Jimmy Hart who tried to explain counterculture to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, old subversive Jimmy Hart. Sure, uh, and they blamed uh, grunge music and hip hop. Uh, Mar- oh, by the way, Mario Lopez. Loves Hulk Hogan. Man, that's how I knew that, like, this is the first time that they've done these, like, docs where I'm like, okay, this is not just solely produced by the WWE because there's some stupid people in this. Yeah, let's uh, talk about just some of the stupid people. Yeah. Yeah, some people that make sense. Uh, Bischoff, Mm -hmm. good. Good. Uh, DDP, okay. 
Yeah, it, it actually, he's he is good, but I wish they had talked more about his involvement with Hollywood Hogan because he was one of the main foils for Hogan. Yeah, uh, Jimmy Hart, good. Jimmy Hart, That's good. Good. Yeah. Booker T. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Sure. Uh, Eric, Eric Bischoff, sure. Right. Uh, and then a uh, guy from Slipknot. <laughs> Boy, I hated that guy. What a jump. That guy's <laughs> like, the worst. Mario Lopez and the guy from, a guy from Slipknot yeah. uh, <laughs> appeared and they talked about how much, they just literally said the most soundbitey sound bites, literally yeah. fed lines. Yep. Literally yep. fed lines. And then lines. also world renowned wrestling historian, Peter Rosenberg as oh, well. Oh, sure. Yeah. God, I, that guy, like I, <sighs> I have no problem with selling out, but that guy. <laughs> yeah, he's another guy. He was like, yeah, you know, the 90s were with Nirvana and gangster rap. Like, he's another one of those guys. Where he's like, oh, literally yeah. saying whatever WWE is, wants right. him to say. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's literally doing storytelling for Vince. Yeah. Uh, but uh, also, they talk about Hulk Hogan during this time of the 90s and grunge music hurting Hulk Hogan specifically. Uh, they also talked about his failed movie career. And how his old Hollywood career is going in the crapper. I like that they showed a little bit of this. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'll, I'll tell you what. That's a part of it. I liked, I don't want to say loved, but I liked and was entertained by the first half of this. And then the second yeah. half went completely off the rails for me. And 100%. I got very angry. But uh, I have a question for you. And this question goes out to everyone listening. I would love to hear everyone's thoughts on it. Let that. us know at loserleasepod at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, or give it a call. Leave us a voicemail. Let us know what you think. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> seven triple two. Five seven four seven triple two. Sure. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Okay. So like Terry Funk doesn't ca- like Terry Funk's movie career doesn't count because he only really did bit parts. For every wrestler who ever left wrestling to be a movie star, was Hogan the worst of them all? From like a quality standpoint, I'm was, sh- if you're if you're really getting into the dissection of it, what? I'm sure there were some uh, lower wrestlers that were bit roles and superstars really bad though. Superstars, I'm talking superstars who starred in movies. So like Goldberg, Hogan, Goldberg's an Santa interesting Slay, one. Yeah, uh, yeah. Santa Slay, uh, Muppets in Space. Um, <laughs> Hogan also making a nice appearance. Hogan well, also in Muppets in Space. But Goldberg uh, was in The Longest Yard. He was good. I liked The Longest and Yard. And he was in Ready Rumble, which was pretty good. Pretty good. I'm just saying, like, Piper did <laughs> Piper did good movies. Obviously, The Rock. Obviously, Cena. Obviously, Batista. Uh, That's a good question. We uh, Sound off. Uh, let us know if you know any, uh, when you get the time. Yeah. Uh, if, if you know any uh, worse movie stars in Hulk Hogan, that's a pretty good one. I'm going uh, uh, it's, it's interesting. We'll have to think about it some, but Kevin Nash has done great work too. He's done good work. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so they talk about that and they were turning on Hulk. The crowd was turning on Hulk and for good reason, right? It's just, they, yes. they had him for too long. It's tired. If you're fed sugar for so long. You're going to get sick. Of it, right. right. Exactly. It's tired. You're giving the same old thing. So he kind of fades away from wrestling for a little bit to continue his trouble, a tropic paradise, a trouble, trouble and thunder, tropic thunder, thunder, Tropi- thunder and paradise, thunder and paradise. Yes. Thunder and paradise. Yes. Tropic yes, thunder is. paradise. <laughs> a paradise on the beach. Um, that's All the of those things. Uh, so they, he does that. And apparently I, by the way, uh, first like that show apparently was pretty good. Thunder and paradise. Pretty fun to watch. And I met the guy that wrote it. I met what was he like? It. Was he cool? Creepy. Creepy. <laughs> Old guy that's talking to young women. 
uh he's just like i was about to saw him at a party and he's just in the corner picking food and he's just like and i was like uh, uh, my friend introduced me to him he's just like yeah this is red he's the goofy guy with the goofy teeth oh. and then he's just like this guy's a thunder in paradise guy oh you guys should talk you guys love hulk hogan and like we talked for a little bit and all he would do is just he's like looking over his shoulder just like every time a girl walks by he just like looked uh, uh like literally anything but their face <laughs> and just like not talk, talking to me but just looking at everything else very uh but it was a, apparently a fun show did you meet this person through the guy who wrote see no evil hear no evil no no okay that's my buddy dan madigan dan madigan uh got fired by vince mcmahon for suggesting a nazi character <laughs> baron von bovo <laughs> You suggested hide and break be very involved. I love it. I love it. We can't that. talk about we're getting off the rails here. Yeah. Um but they but what the first thing that was the era, zero talk of the steroid trial. Zero talk of the steroid trial, sure. which is a big factor in why people were turning on Hulk Hogan. Is that true though? It was national news. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was national news. Yeah. Like that yeah. was he was like him taking the stand was on the news. They're like Hulk yeah. Hogan says he does steroids. Right. And like that was headlines yeah. and that definitely turned the crowds as well. And that, so when he, he took his little hiatus and Eric Bischoff's like, we want you back. We want you in here. Cause Eric Bischoff was with WCW and they talk a little bit about that. Of yep. uh, how he's like, you know, he's in the growth phase. We were in the, we were in the phase. We were preparing for growth. Um, Such a Bischoff line. Very pretentious. Um, but they, they got him on board and he goes back to the red and yellow. But the thing is, Crowd's over it. Crowd's over it. They sense it. He's doing hokey, stupid stuff. Uh, they, they, they were, they, they, at the very beginning of it, they were into it, you know, yeah. with him, yeah. like, just coming in. Did yeah, you, were a... you watching them? No, I, I would have been four. I wasn't watching at that point in time. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, there are definitely people who are four and watching wrestling. There's no doubt about it. Wow. I just wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, but yeah, I think there was a novelty in it. Also, honestly, it really helped that like the thing that they don't talk about in this, and this is like the WCW historian in me. And I'm, you know, S might've been watching at this period of time. Cause S was like calling the, the WCW hotline back in the day. Um, S let us know. Is that, you know, the, when Hogan first came in, in 94, up until Starcade 94. So December of 1994, people were excited about him cause he was also working with flair. Sure. And Flair is a perfect foil for him, and they and never really have been wrestled. That. Right, exactly. So it was yeah. really exciting for them. And then after Flair was gone, there wasn't really too much else for him to do. Like he feuded with Vader for a while, and they had some good matches. And then he started the Dungeon of Doom feud, which was just like not good. And then you know it's funny they they do some really they hot shot that Ric Flair thing. Yeah, for sure, because they were like that this is it. Like a- that could have been a year-long thing where they're just like, he's like Lex Luthor. Ric yeah. Flair's Lex Luthor, and he's constantly throwing his minions at him because he's just like, you don't belong here, whatever, yeah. Ric Flair. And then have that big match down the line. Yeah, and they, they did some, some ingenious editing in this show by showing that when they were talking about how Hogan was like losing momentum, they showed the clip from Nitro in 1995 where he's high-fiving the fans. 
and Kevin Sullivan, dressed as an old woman, throws powder in his face oh, sure. and beats him up with a cane. But they cut away before to re- before the reveal of Kevin Sullivan. So it just like looks like an old woman jumped out of the crowd and beat Hogan up with a cane. Really interesting choices with the editing yeah. during this WWE Bowl. Um, yeah. But basically, they talk about the bash at the beach, and that's coming up. Outsiders change everything. Right. So when, when Kevin Nash and Scott Hall go to WCW, everything's this big... Uh, to do changing the wrestling landscape. Big guys from WWE are going to WCW. Yeah. They're now a thing. And they talk about a third man, third man yeah. with them. Yeah. And they didn't have an idea of who it was until they had sting or something like a lined up. Yeah. Um, uh, there's always been talk, but uh, do you think really quick before we get to Hogan sting and the NWO wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have worked. Wouldn't I mean, it would have been, it would have been fine. It would have been fine, but it wouldn't have been anywhere near what it was if Sting was the third man. I mean, it was always supposed to be Hogan, but historically, as we've heard so many times, Hogan wasn't on board with it. Didn't think it was a good idea, um, and it was really a game time decision. As I actually, this is why I was really enjoying this documentary for a while because they were telling the truth pretty much yeah, that like was Bischoff was like, I didn't know. Beside avoiding the steroid trial. Right. You know, like I, I was enjoying this so far. But, so good. But, uh, uh, one thing they did. So he goes to the, ba- uh, the bash at the beach thing. And the problem I have, so they, Hogan's like, Oh, I want, I want this brother. I can't let Sting have it. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, when he had a bash at the beach, they're like, we didn't know if Hogan was going to do it. Right. Bullshit. Bullshit. I call bullshit on that, and I think that's just Eric Bischoff bullshit. I I think Eric Bischoff said that, and I believe like he likes that story that he didn't know. But he is not going to have that match happen that night without a definite answer. Sting wasn't waiting there. Sting wasn't like, oh, like if you need me, boss, I'm gonna jump in. Right, right. They weren't gonna just like not do anything. So I don't believe that lie. That no one like Hulk Hogan was on the maybe he was on the fence. He was uneasy about it. Yeah. He was nervous about it. Yeah. But there's no way he wasn't going out that night. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I yeah, I guess you're probably right about that. Um, I think there. I give them credit. Okay, so maybe he's not telling the truth, but at least it's like a consistent lie. Like that's what Bischoff always says. Yeah. No, it so is. I, it's yeah. very consistent. And Eric yeah. Bischoff does always say, but I found another one of those. Yeah, well, you know the story that, like, Bischoff goes to Hogan's house to pitch this idea of him turning heel. And Bischoff's honest with him. And, like, Bischoff, like, this is, like, a classic, like, Bischoff being humbled story, kind of. But Bischoff tells it in his own way where he ends up looking great at the end of the story anyway, where he says, like, he goes to Hogan's house and they're, like, sitting in his office and they're having, like, a Coors Light because he loves Coors Lights. And um, he's basically like, look, red and yellow has gotten stale. We need to change it up. I want to turn you heel. And Hogan apparently like sits back, takes a deep breath, and just says like, "You don't know what it's like until you've walked a mile in my red and yellow boots, brother." <laughs> and Bischoff is just like, "You're right, I don't. Still want you to turn heel, but here's your beer. I'm out of here. Think about it." And then he just leaves. And it takes Hogan a while. And I, it, the thing too that like they don't talk about here. <clears throat> I've read so much about Nitro and WCW and all of this at this point that like I, I have some insights into this. Sullivan played an integral role in all of this. Kevin Sullivan and Hulk Hogan had a very good relationship. And yeah, and Hogan trusted Sullivan. So Bischoff coming and being like, I need you to turn heel. 
Sullivan was there too. And Sullivan stayed. And Sullivan was like, yeah, we want you to turn your heel, but this is the plan. This is what we want to do with you. And that's who really sold Hogan on turning heel was Sullivan. It wasn't necessarily Bischoff. Yeah, they, they just don't. The, one of the things is there's a lot of that kind of narrative changes yeah. for this. So they didn't have to talk about who's Kevin Sullivan. Right. They're just like, we'd rather just not yeah. discuss Kevin Sullivan. And Sullivan's just like a grumpy New Englander now who so, doesn't want to be on a WWE documentary. They so specifically don't want to discuss Kevin Sullivan that they showed the old lady clip, but never. <laughs> and then cut away. Then cut yeah. away. Yeah. Um, so, but that moment's pretty iconic. Him yeah. dropping the leg on Randy. Yeah, the promo afterwards was great. Yeah. You know, like the, the garbage really in the good. ring. And that then his... angle, too, that they showed. The, I've never seen that angle before. You can see the blood coming down Mean Gene's nose from him getting hit in the nose with, like, a piece That's of right. trash. That's, a fun, That's Because cool. I heard about that he got hit in the nose, but I never saw it. Yeah. I've never seen it, but I did notice that maybe there was blood on his face. Yeah. But very interesting. Very I cool. I also loved sight. And this is not going to be the last time I say this. I loved Kevin Nash's, like, comment. He was like, you know, when I saw Hogan coming down to the ring, my first thought was like, this is going to be the greatest photo op ever. Here comes Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and yeah, it's like, this, of course. And I, one of, Kevin, uh, Kevin Nash is probably the best person that's oh, talking in this documentary. Yeah. Uh, he is the, like, he is really good especially when he's talking about creative control <laughs> uh we'll talk about that yeah. a bit um but we get the turn from hogan right the turn the yeah. the, the the heel turn he he dies his beard back which i love really great touch for them talking about that like i yeah. never that never clicked for me but yeah you notice that i never i don't know why it never clicked for like i knew but it never was like oh that was an intentional thing like i remember thinking like how the fuck does he do that <laughs> like, i remember i remember thinking like i've never seen a hogan with a beard i guess it just grows in different colors and yeah. I, I like i literally thought that was the case and that he dyed this blonde yeah oh interesting interesting yeah, yeah. that's what now, i always thought it's a great touch and i love that they talked about all of that stuff i thought that was yeah. really great that was really good and he goes to the black and white and he's like uh, no one was doing airbrush, so I started airbrushing my shoes. Pretty sure RVD was doing airbrush, but uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure every uh, wrestler at ECW was doing airbrush. Yeah, pretty. Every pretty single much. one. Yeah. Literally, everyone had their own airbrush T-shirt. Yeah, I was gonna say Foley was airbrushing T-shirts in '95. Every single T-shirt Foley had in ECW <laughs> yeah. was an airbrush T-shirt. Um, but and everyone's talking about how groundbreaking the, in this, this thing. They're talking about how groundbreaking of a heel Hogan was. And I think that's a real revisionist history as well, because I think the NWO was groundbreaking. I think Scott Hall and Kevin Nash were groundbreaking. I think the turn was like shocking, but Hogan as a heel was the most cut and paste heel yeah. you've ever seen. Yeah. But Nash and Hall, they were cool. They <clears throat> right. were just like, cool. They're saying dick things and they're being dicks, but they're cool. Yeah. Never seen that before. Hogan going like, oh, I'm going to puke on you. <laughs> like, he's just being dumb. Yeah. He's being a dumb heel. And that's the thing that they bring up a little later on, and that's when the wheels start to fall off the wagon for me, is when they yeah. start talking about Hogan, like, and how, you know, well, brother, you know, the NWO was so cool that people started cheering me again. No one ever cheered Hogan. No, they cheered the, the NWO. Yes, they always booed you, Hogan, because you they, they... were a heel, and you sucked. When you when they came out all as a group for the NWA, they cheered. When yeah. Hogan talked, they booed. And yeah. like it just you all like but Hogan had real heat and he also had go home heat. Yeah. Absolutely. He had people, both. people were sick of him. Yeah. They were sick. Um but uh we get that. Uh very uh he talks about Hogan's trust issues, has a lot of trust issues during this time, and they talk about creative control. 
They talk about creative control and they just glaze over it a little bit. Um, they talk about how uh, Kevin Nash starts off. He's just like, we'll just have shit down on paper. We'll be working on it for a week. And then Hogan comes in. He's like, not going to work for me, brother. Well, fuck you. Fuck you. I loved it. And and I, I love that he also was like, yeah, we got stuff down on paper for about a week. Then old Hulkster rolls in at 5.15 for an 8 o'clock yeah. show. <laughs> and he's not for me, brother. Yeah. And, so the, and he's just like, and it's uh, it's pretty annoying. And uh, Booker T's just like, I think it rubbed people the wrong way. <laughs> I didn't know Booker T was a diplomat all of a sudden. I love, by the way, Booker T's mustache. Yeah, he's got the curls. He's got the curly mustache. <laughs> Check out the doc. <laughs> Check out the doc for that mustache. Um, uh, this is yeah. Like once, like they start talking about how the NWO is cheering him, or like the fans are cheering the NWO. I start to get angry, and I start to get real angry after this creative control part. And then when Vince Russo shows up, I get super angry. So here we go. No, yeah, we can't. Oh, that's, we're getting there. We're getting there. So he's got these, uh, or this creative control, and a bishop. Things are churning at WCW. Things are changing, uh, and uh, Hogan's like, they really sabotaged me, brother, when they got rid of Eric. Uh, they really sabotaged me, brother. I can't do a Hogan voice without being. It's a, uh, uh, but uh, they then Russo goes in charge. Now we get our uh, character Russo, and pretty much everything Russo says is uh, a lie. Uh, it's. It's it's probably a lie. I can't trust the thing Russo yeah. has ever said because it's all uh, Russo history. Right. Russo is the most revisionist revisioner <laughs> that's ever revisioned. Uh, but also, he, so is Bischoff. Bischoff is also a revisionist history. They, no, they are. They, um, every wrestler ever. <laughs> so is Hogan too. So yeah. is Hogan. Yeah. But like Russo's the worst of them. I real like Russo. Honestly, everything he says has such a. I was wrong to skew. Like everything, everyone's been after me. I didn't know. I didn't know anything. I was just helping. And he's just taught. He, he says the most asinine things to kind of defend. He's just like, from the minute I got into that company, mock my words. The very second I stepped a pinky toe into that building, there was a target on my back. That's what he says. Well, uh, you know, I, I hate to I hate to express an unpopular opinion here, but of all of these jabrones on this pot on this uh, documentary, um, Russo was like the most sympathetic to me. I was on Russo's side for all of this, and I'll tell you why. Okay, I'll tell you why. He said, like the sentence, the magic sentence that got me on his back, got me on board with him. And it's that Hogan and Flair can't wrestle forever, so you got to build new stars. Whether he actually believed that or not at the time, and whether or not he actually executed that, which he didn't, um, that's the right mentality to have. And then Bischoff being like, yeah, Russo would buddy-buddy with the lower card workers. It's like, all right, so you're already like talking down to like Booker T and Lance Storm and Billy Kidman, like... The, the thing, the issue is, and when he talks about it, he, I, Bischoff mentions, he's just like, uh, Bischoff, uh, he's never said anything bad to my face. He only says it behind my back, behind the back. Keep right? that in. Keep that in. Keep that in. I dare you. I dare you. you. <laughs> uh, but no, but the thing is, that's 100% true. 
Yeah. I a hundred percent believe that he was like, Hogan, we love you. Everything's good. Perfect. Uh, hunky dory. And then as soon as he's gone, he's like that old piece of shit. Fuck his ass up the butt. <laughs> and some bullshit. <laughs> he's like, but I could tell, I could, I know he's doing that. You know, yeah. Yeah. I know he's doing that. And it's been verified by several people. Sure. And let's talk about the thing that I really have issue with when they're talking about, uh, the the uh, the the Jeff Jarrett laying down. Yeah, poor Jeff, uh, Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett laying down, and he goes out there, and Hogan's just like, "I thought we we're gonna have a match." Uh, uh, Jeff lays on the ground. He's just like, "What are you doing, Jeff? Get up! Get up! Not like this, Jeff. Not like this." And so and, and then uh, and then uh, Russo comes out afterward to be like, "That piece of shit will never fucking do nothing ever fucking again. I'll kill him if he steps forward." And uh, he says all the stuff, and Hogan's just like, "He didn't know." Hogan knew. That has been verified. Yeah, that yeah. Hulk Hogan yeah. knew that, that was the plan. That Jeff was going to lay down, that he was going to pin him that way, and that Vince Russo was going to have a promo afterward. The only thing that was different is that Vince Russo went too far in that Yeah, promo. a little too far there, pal. Because Did he say that? Be... Did he say what? that in the documentary? Did Hogan say that in the documentary no, that Hogan he didn't pro- know? Yeah. Don't this like entire that. fucking documentary is a work. Yeah, of course it is. Next are going to be work. like... And then he won the championship through grit. <laughs> so he's left. And uh, Jarrett confirmed, by the way. This is yeah. a Jarrett confirmed thing. And I trust Jeff Jarrett. I trust Jeff Jarrett more than anyone that they interviewed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. More than absolutely anyone they interviewed, I would trust Jeff Jarrett's opinion. Yeah. I trust Even DDP, though, too. Honestly, Jeff Jarrett might be a con man. I don't know. Uh, I'm still yeah. trying to figure it out. He's working uh, all of us. Um, but yeah, Russo always lying, and they briefly mentioned the lawsuit afterward, which yeah. was a lawsuit basically about the shit that he did say. The, the <laughs> things that he's like, you weren't allowed to say this, this, and this. I have creative control. You weren't allowed to say that without my explicit permission. This is what I gave you permission to say. So it's been confirmed in courts yeah. that he knew what was going to be said. Yeah, well, it's also been confirmed that uh, Terry Balea and Hulk Hogan have different penises. That's true. That's true. That's also Terry been Bale- confirmed in court. That is true. Because if Hulk Hogan's in litigation, Terry, Terry Balea's not. <laughs> you gotta sue that guy, because I'm not there right now. Um, then they talk about the return to WWE. This and is honestly, the part that drove me crazy. This is not at all what they should have. Like, this is a show, a, a thing about his epic heel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't about his career. This just it's was not about, about his career. His career. Yeah. It's literally, they just made it a career piece. <laughs> right. They, they, this was basically a career piece with a little bit more focus on WCW, but yeah. not a lot. Right. You know, they did a big thing in the beginning about his early career, then the WCW thing. And then they have this big portion about his return. When he came back, they did, they did, uh, they talked about how Vince McMahon bought the competition. He's like, I didn't do it for my ego. I did it because it's business. Right. Yeah. Why, what does that have to do with Hulk Def- Hogan? Definitely a lie, also. Well, right, yeah, 100%. <laughs> a lie. Yeah. And then they, didn't about, they didn't talk about the failed invasion, yeah. um, which was the like kind of like part of the reason that the NWO story angle didn't work is because just six months prior, they had a different invasion. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> that was that went terribly, yeah. So the thing is, like, they didn't talk about that, and the reason why they didn't have more longevity with the NWO and why Hogan didn't stay NWO for a little while longer, because he would have loved to milk NWO, and then brought uh, brought Yolo back next year to give him another full year yeah. of storylines. But the thing is, it just wasn't working because they fucked it up. 
Yeah, it they sucks. didn't talk about that. So they they had to turn face. Yep. <laughs> There's no option. Yep. Uh, but people were genuinely happy to see him back, right? Yeah, I guess so. I guess they I were. remember being happy to see yeah. him back when during that time. I was just I, like, this is a cool thing. Yeah, I was excited to see um, the NWO. And then when he became red and yellow again, I didn't care anymore. And the reason I didn't care more than anybody, um, or I guess I guess more than you, is just because like in 99 in like late 98 99 i was watching wcw so i had already seen red and yellow hulk hogan like i'd already seen it oh and he came back already with it they glazed over that right right and i was bored i was done with it i was over it so like in i remember being in um maybe wildwood i think i might have been in wildwood and it was August of 99. I was nine years old. I was with my older brother and my parents were asleep in the hotel room and him and I had uh, Raw on and we had it on silent on mute because my parents were sleeping and we watched Chris Jericho's debut in the WWF and what was going up against Chris Jericho's debut on Nitro, the return of the red and yellow Hulk Hogan. That's yeah. pretty epic. I yeah. remember liking the Hulk Hogan thing because I I never seen him. I didn't watch any WCW. Right, exactly. I didn't watch a yeah. single WCW thing. And so when he came back, I barely, I, I knew Scott Hall was Razor Ramon. I knew Kevin Nash was Diesel. Mm-hmm. I saw their shit like on VHSs at the time that sure. I may have had. But like, I, I wasn't like crazy about them, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, and I was a little disappointed that Rock was going to face him and not Stone Cold. But yeah. I remember being into the match. I saw it live on pay-per-view and it was pretty exciting. Yeah. It was pretty exciting. Uh, but uh, okay match, but they treat it like he's the god that returned, and that people were all like, just a, basking him with praise uh, yeah. about his great successful return. Not talking about the fact that immediately after this he became Mister America, uh, <laughs> <laughs> battled Vince McMahon's ass. Well, I love um, that one line in it. The line that made me cringe the most was Hogan when he was like, "Yo, after I returned, brother, uh, Vince came up to me and he said, I want you to fight The Rock.'" at WrestleMania, but understand Hulk that like, this ain't like it used to be like, now you really got to bring it. And I said, well, Vince, if I bring it, you're going to wish that I had never brought it. I think that's correct. I <laughs> like, wish he didn't bring it. <laughs> oh, take it back. Have it back. Um, and, uh, they can't play the real American. Oh, song really around. funny. Yeah. Can't play real American and they can't play Jimi Hendrix. Right. Uh, they have no rights to anything. <laughs> so they play like America. The, the show is returned of, with the red and yellow, but they play some America song <laughs> like lightly over the background, but they have to take out the audio of that music blaring in the real one. So right. we can't even hear the announcer. Yeah. Hogan's like strumming guitar completely offbeat to the song because it's not the real song. It's not the right song. Really it's funny. very hokey. Uh, and then we get the closing line, wrestling will live forever because of me. Uh, what a great... <laughs> I guess I turned it off before I got to that line. Yeah, I really... he said, wrestling will live forever because of me. Literally, that <laughs> sentence was uttered at the end of the first evil. <laughs> <laughs> Hulk Hogan, evil. Wrestling will live forever because of me. Oh, my uh, God. Man. Uh, so, uh, Roy, are we recommending this series? Uh, no. I mean, watch the first 25 minutes of the first episode. I haven't seen any of the other ones, but, like, no offense to Sasha Banks, don't want to watch it. She really hasn't been a heel for very long. Uh, the Miz, I definitely don't want to watch. I like 
don't want to watch Stephanie McMahon. It's the wrong McMahon, Vince McMahon. They should do one about him because, boy, has he been a horrible person. I wouldn't mind both, honestly. <clears throat> the McMahons. Just give me the, the McMahons. McMahons. Oh, yeah, yeah. sure. The McMahons. Uh, Randy Orton, I'd be willing to give a chance to because he's done a lot of heel work in his career, and that makes sense. And I don't even know who else is on there. Roman Reigns, you want to... not interested. Roman... Actually, he's a pretty good heel right now. But He is a good a... heel, but he's been a heel for a year. Like, yeah. What story do you have to tell me? Honestly, that he should have been the narrator for this. Yeah, he should have been. I would have been a better narrator because yeah. his voice actually kind of matches it too, and he just he's yeah. already a heel, so I don't know. But if you want us to do another episode of Evil, uh, reach out and lose release pod or on Instagram. If you want us to watch something else, yeah, like know. Wrestling uh, Society X. Yeah, and watch our YouTube show. A YouTube show, Loser Leaves Wrestling, every Wednesday, right after AEW Dynamite. Right after Dynamite. And uh, uh, on Saturdays, uh, we do the weekly wrestle live at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and we're, we, we'll talk to you. Come in and join the chat. Oh, we want to talk. We're gonna we talk. love our, our community. The LW yeah. uh, universe is growing. It's growing. It's expanding. It's expanding. And join our Patreon yeah. where you could watch this live video. That's right. I'm doing this recording, and we're not going to hide the blemishes. No, we're not going to hide all. the blemishes. Not I've not. had shit in my teeth this entire goddamn show, and you can see every single piece of it. Ready <laughs> to bust that one out? Wow, what fun we had today! Thank you all so much. Uh, the show's over, and we have to start talking about getting out of here, Roy. Yeah, anything gotta, you'd like to say? Uh, no, Patreon.com/slash Loser Leaves Wrestling. Um, if I can change. And you can change. We can all change. Make the world a better place. Wow. (laughs) Thanks all so much for joining us. Have a great one. Follow us on things. Join the Patreon. Call the hotline. Call the hotline.